Welcome to Veronica's Real Estate Tips. Last episode was all about finding a good fixer-upper, and this episode builds upon that one. It's dedicated to financing that project. There are several ways in which you can obtain the necessary funds to buy and renovate a house. The first, of course, is personal funds. Unfortunately, not everyone has a ton of money lying around, so you might want to get other partners to do the project with you so you can split both the costs and the profit. You can ask some of your family and friends if they would be willing to go in the investment with you. Be very careful as you want to make sure everyone gets their money back at the end or else you might lose a friend. I've witnessed a project where the house did not yield a profit, it actually lost money, but the primary investor chose to give their friend their money back anyway even if they themselves lost money. They did this to preserve the friendship. So make sure you're not going to lose your friend's money. And if you're worried, consider asking someone who's not a close friend to do the project with you. You can even partner on the project with a professional like a general contractor. If you have a good credit score and a long-standing relationship with a bank or know someone who does who can vouch for you, you can also get a loan for your project. You would be getting a construction loan in this case, so the interest rate is pretty high, around 6%. The interest keeps accumulating the longer the project goes on, so if there are unexpected delays, you may be in trouble. Another, albeit very risky way to finance your fixer-upper is to take out a home equity line of credit, or HELOC. With the HELOC, you're borrowing against the available equity in your home and the house is used as collateral for the line of credit. As you repay your outstanding balance, the amount of available credit is replenished, much like a credit card. It's risky because if the real estate market turns on you like it did back in 2008, you may find yourself unable to replenish your primary home's equity if your fixer-upper doesn't sell for high enough. Obviously, everyone and everyone's funds are different, but I would recommend going against this route, uh, the HELOC route, because you're risking losing both your home and the fixer-upper, so I think that's just a bit too much risk. But again, if you have a lot of money and you don't care, that could be something to do. There are a couple of more options for fixer-upper. Some of these are the VA loan and the 203k loan. I'm not certain that they apply to the Bay Area market because our property values are very high, but you should definitely speak with a lender to see if it would be possible to use any of those loans or another loan that I haven't mentioned to finance your project. When it comes to the actual reconstruction of the house, keep in mind that initial cost estimates may be too low and you might end up paying more than you expect. I suggest adding on 30% to all repair estimates so that you are prepared if things go wrong. And this tends to happen because fixer-uppers tend to need more work than you initially expect. Also, things out of your control may happen, like a wildfire, a flood, or even a pandemic, which delays construction times. Usually the general contractor's role is to oversee the other workers and make sure everything goes smoothly. But if you have a friend or someone closer to you who's a general contractor and you also would like them to be an investor, things can get tricky because usually you just pay the general contractor a fee for their work. But if they're also investing, you might have to pay them more because they're going to own a stake in the building. So along with the paying them for the work that they do, you're also going to pay them their share. So just make sure that you're clearly delineating who gets paid what at the very beginning, have it written in paperwork, sign it so that if anything happens, you can get a mediator or an arbitrator and things don't get too ugly. Before you list the renovated home on market, think about your pricing strategy and how it relates to your loan. If you price too high, you will have to wait longer to sell the house and you will end up paying more interest. 
I suggest using teaser pricing, which is pricing right below what the market thinks the house is worth. You find out what the market thinks your house is worth by having your agent run a comparative market analysis on the property, looking specifically at recent sales of remodeled homes. For example, if the market thinks the newly renovated house will go for 1.5 million, price it at 1.4 million. This way, more buyers will flock to the house and you will be pleasantly surprised by the final sales price. Thank you for listening to Veronica's real estate tips and I wish you the best of luck in your fixer-upper endeavors. I think it's great that you're interested in doing fixer-uppers because I know some people and I've heard of a lot more people who have made a lot of money doing that and also find the process very rewarding, just finding an old, you know, torn up house and making it into something beautiful and selling it to a happy family. You know, the process could be very rewarding. And I think it's funny to mention that one of the Democratic candidates for the Uh, 2021 recall election, Kevin Pathraff has made like this whole empire out of fixer uppers. He got his real estate license at 19. And, you know, I'm not promoting him. I just think it's fascinating how he and his wife were able to become multimillionaires before they're 40 by doing fixer uppers really young.